Amen. Before we transition to the message, I would like for us to sing our second song that we sung, Heroes from Heaven. And can we just sing uh, just a verse, and then I'll pray for us. And as we transition to the message, let's sing together. Lord, hear my cry. Lord, hear my cry. Come, hear my land. Breathe life into my dry and thirsty soul. Lord, hear my prayer. Lord, hear my prayer. Forgive my sins. And as I call on your name, would you make this a place for your glory to Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for giving us this new day for us to worship you in spirit and in truth. You are seeking true worshipers, Lord. Your eyes are on upon every man and woman and children, old and young. And God, you are looking if there's anyone who understands, anyone who seeks after your face, anyone who is hungry or thirsty for your presence, Lord, you will make yourself known and you will draw near to them. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter about our past. For you are good. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who died for us. The one who forgave us of our sins. Lord, we repent before you, O Lord. And we ask of you just the song that we just sang here today. Lord, hear our cries. Come hear our land. Come heal my life and my heart and my broken life. Lord, I need you. I need you desperately here today. And I pray, Lord God, as you transition to the message, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who are listening here today, Lord, may be pleasing in your sight, O God, for we desire to be a true worshiper. And we declare, Lord, that I am a true worshiper. I am a child of God. I love you, Lord, and I need you. Watch over us, strengthen us, open up our ears and our hearts to receive your message here today. We thank you. We love you. We pray all these things in your precious Son, just Christ in me, pray. And all of God's people pray. Amen. 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 And amen. 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 God bless you. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord. Let's take our seat and let's take a moment to greet our fellow neighbor at this time before we begin our message. It's good to be here today. In today's message, it's going to be a little bit of a different format. Uh, we're not going to do point one, two, three, four, but it's going to be more from, I'm going to speak and give this message uh, directly from the bottom of my heart. And I pray that your hearts will be open and be receptive uh, to the message and to the word that God has in store for us today. Um, I've been doing this. Yes, I look very young. <laughs> yes, no, no, I look old, okay. 
But I've been doing this for a very long time, uh, preaching often and been doing this faithfully. And every time uh, when a message is prepared, uh, you know, a lot of pastors, they like to redo their messages and they uh, like to do things that's easy and they take the shortcut. I've met pastors where they go online and they search and they do a bunch of things, right, Ronnie? And they have paper and in front of them. And my point is, whenever we are here gathered every Sunday, it could be a Friday night, Thursday night, it doesn't matter. May we give it our best as if it's our last because the preparation for the message, I know this is a calling that we don't take lightly and the preparation for the praise. Let's give a hand for the praise team. Uh, really great job. You know, our praise team, we've been through a lot, especially this year. And I just wanna just commend you for your faithfulness and your preparation. And the preparation and the battle begins in the preparation, not in the actual service, but before in the preparation. So I just want to just commend you to be faithful, especially during the week, in your time of prayer, in your time of reading the word. And I pray that the Lord will continue to help you to mature in your faith. Again, no one is perfect. We're all sinners before God. And we will always sin, no matter what. That's who we are as human beings. No one here is better than anyone. We're all sinners saved by the grace of God. And that is why we're here today. That's why we come today with joy, with laughter. And we praise God for the life that we have, for the new life that he has given us here today. Amen. Amen. So in today's story, in today's message, you're going to see Jesus traveling from Judea to Galilee. Now, if you know the geograph ge geography, Judea is in the south and Galilee is in the north. So just to get an idea of the distance in our modern day, I know Francis drove from near, he was in Philadelphia, so it's about 100 miles, right? So imagine walking 100 miles. It would take about a week to two weeks at most to take that walk because they didn't have vehicles back in the day. And in today's story, you'll see Jesus traveling with his fellow friends, with his disciples. And in this story, he decides to take a shortcut. And we all like shortcuts, right? If we can, why not? He decides to go through Samaria. And what's important to take note here, Samaria, who lives in Samaria? Samaritans. And who are Samaritans? They're considered, back in the day, the enemies of the Jewish people. Why? Because they were associated with the Assyrians. Assyrians, back in the day in the Old Testament, were people who were against, who were against the things of God. So they were enemies of the Jewish people. So when the Jewish people, so that the Jewish people associated themselves and mingled with Assyrians, now they're called Samaritans, they saw them as the enemies of the Jewish people. Hence, they were hated by the Jews, and they were known as the people who are the enemies of my people. This is an important context. This is an important information for us to know before we dive into today's story. And with that, the title of today's message is called, He Quenches My Soul. Amen. Soul means nefesh. 
And the fesh means your whole being, your whole life. Now in this story, Jesus is tired from this long journey. And in this story, again, he decides to stop by Samaria, and he decides to stop by a well in Samaria called the Jacob's Well. And Jesus, he intentionally, during the story, he sends away his disciples to Sychar, a nearby place, a half a mile away, to go and buy food. And again, the timing is important. It's at noon. What is noon? Noon is the hottest part of the day where the sun is at its highest. So if you remember, if you ever watched the movie I Am Legend, he says, meet me at noon, at midday, when the sun is at its highest, Right, he says, in South Street Seaport, he tells any survivors, he puts it on the radio, he says, come and meet me on that day. And that is the same thing that's happened here. Jesus is alone, he's by himself, he's at the well, called the Jacob's Well, and he decides to meet this one person. And he knows he will encounter this one woman. She doesn't even have a name. And then Jesus decides to ask her, will you give me a drink of physical water because, again, Jesus is tired from the long journey. Again, it's about 100 miles to his destination. He made a shortcut. It's hot. He sends his disciples away, and he's asking this one woman, and she is called a Samaritan woman. Another passage says she is a woman at the well. She doesn't have a name. He decides to see her face-to-face, encounter her, and he asks her for one thing. Will you give me a physical drink. And out of kindness of our heart, she decides to what? She gives a physical water to Jesus. And in this story, you'll see one of the greatest exchange. She offers her water. She she, she offers Jesus physical water. But in exchange, Jesus says, I will offer you something greater, something everlasting that equals eternal life. And with that, can we turn to our main passage found in John chapter 4. The full version is verse 1 through 42, but I'm just going to go ahead and read the first section first, 1 through 15. The heading says, Jesus talks with a Samaritan woman. Again, she doesn't even have a name. Verse 1, now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. Verse 4, now he had to go through Samaria. I'll say that again. He had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Verse 6, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Again, it's the hottest part of the day. Verse 7, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. Jesus alone, alone with this woman. Verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Again, Jews do not associate themselves with Samaritans. That was the law of the land. 
That's just the way it was. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Verse 11, Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Meaning you don't even have a cup, Jesus. You stranger, I don't know who you are, but why are you asking me for a drink? Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. He's talking about the physical water in the well. Just like when we drink water today, we'll be thirsty tomorrow. Verse 14, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Can we turn to our neighbor and say eternal life? Eternal. And what does this woman say? In verse 15, she says, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Amen and amen. Now, a few things to take note here. Jesus is breaking all the social and cultural barriers here, where he's breaking the Jewish customs, the laws. He's literally, as a teacher, he cannot be alone with a woman. Again, important. She is, number one, a woman. It is not wise for a teacher to speak to a woman alone. Number two, she is a Samaritan, meaning she is considered an enemy of the Jewish people, as I noted earlier, which will make him unclean. Not only is he speaking to a woman that will make him unclean, he's talking to an enemy that will also make him unclean. Number three, Jesus is where? He is in Samaria. And is asking for water from an enemy, from the enemy's hand, from the enemy's well, from the enemy's bowl, at an enemy's territory. And this is shocking the woman. She's like, why are you, excuse me, you Jewish man, you strange individual at midday, the hottest part of the day, why are you here? Why are you speaking to me? Why are you asking me for water? Why don't you bring your own cup? Why are you asking this of me? Do you not know who I am? These are the things that are going through our head. Do you not know that you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan, that we are enemies? Do you not know what type of reputation that I have? Hence, why is she there at midday? That's an important description as well. Why is she there at noon? You need to ask yourself this question, why? When is the best time to draw water and to go get water? They say early in the morning or in the evening. Why? Because the sun is at its lowest, or there is no sun at all. And it's cool early in the morning and in the evening. But why, out of all the time of the day, is she there at noon by herself drawing water? Usually when you go draw water, it's a communal thing, right? You, go by, you don't go by yourself. You go together, paired up with someone, a family member, a friend, or you go in a group. It's fun, right? You have water, and you say, oh, you laugh, you joke, you, you converse. It's fellowship. But she is here midday at noon by her 
self at the hottest time of the day. That description shows what noon meant. It meant that she was an outcast of her society. She was shunned by the society, the community that she lived in. And she had wanted, and she wanted to avoid being seen by other women. She was known as an outcast, meaning she was a sinner. The Bible is very descriptive in describing her as saying that she is a sinner. Why is she a sinner? Because she had five husbands, and the man that she was living with now was not her husband. It says, it goes on. If you read it, let's continue reading. It says in verse 16, he told her, Jesus speaking here, go call your husband and come back. And she says, I have no husband. She replied. She said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Verse 19, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. And then Jesus, he goes on, and he tells her this. He says, I can, I can give you this living water, right? That's what he says in verse 15. He says, water that springs up to eternal life. I can give you this living water. Living water, it represents, it equals eternal life. In other words, salvation. Just as we are saved by the cross and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, through his life and death, his resurrection, we are saved. His blood washes away our sins. This water, this living water, it equals eternal life and eternal Salvation. He is offering to who? To this one unnamed enemy woman. This living water. And Jesus is preaching here. And he's speaking to her very soul, her nefesh, her being. He's saying this living water is available for you. And this living water is going to satisfy your soul, your very being. It's going to quench the very thirst that you have been searching for. Imagine being on a hike and you have, right, the bottle that you got us, Josh, ice water. I have it in the office, by the way. Ronnie lost this. Taking a sip of the ice cold water. I'm so thirsty. It's a story of this young man. I don't know what sport, but I saw it on the news where the coach trained his team so hard and this young man he was so thirsty and he was asking the coach coach can I just get some water and the coach was like trying to toughen him up no no water for you today and this guy was literally dying he's dehydrated he couldn't help it so he got he ran out of practice and he went to downtown I guess the school was really close to the downtown and and you see him on camera just going to the fountain. Usually the water is on, but the water was off. 
you see him trying to break a door, just trying to get some sort of bottle inside the store because it was closed. And you see him and, and he couldn't open and then they found him a couple blocks away and he died because he was dehydrated. He didn't get the water that he needed at that very moment. Being thirsty is a serious thing. And we are all spiritually thirsty. And without the living water, we are spiritually dead. We cannot spiritually perform. And in the eyes of the world, again, this woman, she was an outcast. In the eyes of the world, again, she was a nobody. A woman of no distinction. And it's very clear because she doesn't even have a name. Little importance of no reputation. People would whisper and cast judgment on her. Hey, stay away from her. Do you not know her past? She's at five. They exaggerate 10, 20. The person that she's with now, she's not even married. She's, not, she just, she's a reject. Avoid her. In the eyes of the world, she was a reject. In the eyes of the world, she was a shameful woman who had a history of five husbands and no husband now, meaning she had no distinction, no dignity or respect. But she only had one thing. She was thirsty. She was physically thirsty. That's why she was there, right? Because she needed to draw water. But she went at the hottest time of the day to draw water, not only because she was physically thirsty, but Jesus, he knew her. It says he had to go through Samaria. It says he had to go through Samaria. He was going from Galilee. He was going from Judea to Galilee. And he had to go through Samaria during his 100-mile travel because he knew that she was searching for something real and genuine. Spiritual thirst is a real thing. She had the thirst for the truth. That is the one thing that she had, and that was the only thing that was important, that she was thirsty. And that's the only thing that truly matters in this life. We could accomplish many things in this life, but if we were not quenched by the living water, then it's all for nothing. At the end of the day, when our life ends and we take our final breath and we're in the judgment place before God, face to face, do we take the sip of the living water? And that is the only thing that truly matters. And the question that I have for you is, what do you want in this life? What is it that you want in this life? Yes, it's good. It's not a bad thing to desire good things for our family, good things for ourselves, good things for our present, our future, for our career. Yes, those are all good things, but it is not the main thing, and it's not the thing that matters the most. What matters the most is, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know him? this Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship, an intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus Christ? So what do you want in this life? What do you want? Is it fame? Is it success? Good. Then that's what we will get. Is it claps that you want? Where Arlene saw Broadway over the week. <laughs> Right, they're clapping, right? People are clapping, 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 clapping. Woo! And they're so good, and then they, you clap at most five minutes, 
And then what happens, eventually the clap ends and everyone leaves the building and it's an empty place. All class fade. And what will we do when the class fade? It's just between you and the Lord. And is this the desire of your heart today? Saying, I am thirsty for this living water. This water that can quench all thirst. This living water that is everlasting. Better than Gatorade, right? Josh? Josh loves that Gatorade. And if you are thirsty and you're looking for that everlasting water, then you came to the perfect place today. Because today, we'll be reminded that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In John 4, verse 23 to 25, Jesus goes on. He says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Who is God seeking after? Those who seek him in spirit and in truth. True worshipers, that's what he's looking for. True worshipers. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Not with the physical water that we get from a well, but from a spiritual water that we get from him, from the source, our Lord, our King, and his name is Jesus. And then what does this woman say? The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ. I know the Messiah is coming, but she's not realizing at that moment that Christ is right there. The Messiah is right there in front of her, face to face. She is communicating with the King of Kings, and the Messiah is right there to offer her this living water. And she says, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. But she, he is right there already explaining it to her. And she has been waiting her whole life for this whole truth. She has been thirsty for this living water, for this Savior. She's been waiting. Her people have been waiting for this Messiah. Because life was hard. Life was difficult. She wanted this living water. And you see it throughout Scripture. When God encounters people, you see these people, they had a desire and a hunger for the things of God. For years, they did not care about the things of this world. It did not satisfy the hole in their heart. But they were looking for this eternal life, eternal source. And you see God fulfilling in them the presence of God in their lives. She was thirsty for this truth, for this living water, for the Savior. Jesus says, I the one. How does Jesus respond? He said, I, I, me. I, the one, speaking to you. I am he. I am the Messiah. I am the Savior. So let me ask you this question today. How thirsty are you right now? How thirsty have you been leading up to this moment? I don't care about last week. It doesn't matter about tomorrow, for tomorrow is not guaranteed. But today, right now, because the scripture says today is a day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not later, not an hour later, not a minute later. But now, right now, as you live and breathe, right now, right now, how thirsty are you for his presence leading up to this moment? How thirsty are you? 
Because Jesus, he knows. He knows the thoughts of the heart and the mind. He knows the desire of the heart. He knows all things from the inside out. He says he knows even before a word is, it comes out of our tongue. He knows it completely all over Psalm 139. How thirsty have you been for this living water? This water that can quench all thirst. As I was preparing this message these are some of the things that came to my heart that I wrote down and, you know, I'm just typing, typing. And things I wrote was, you know, for myself, I said, I'm thirsty, my God. You know, how I thirst for you, for thee. You are my portion, my fill, my everything. You are my hope. How I long for thee. You know, how I wait for thee. How I long and wait, long and wait, are the words that stuck closely in my heart. And this is what I want to do by closing with this, and this is what I want to say. And whether uh, you have been a sinner or a righteous woman or man, and this story is about a woman, but it doesn't matter about the gender, but it's talking to all human beings. You know, when we stand before God, you know, there is no distinction. There is no, okay, you're a Samaritan, okay, you are a Jew, you are living in Samaria, the enemy's territory. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's not south versus north, west versus east, even though east coast is better. I'm just joking. Because we get four seasons, right? California, what is that? You get one season. Sorry, Oregon. <laughs> but he sees us. And he loves us, rich or poor, female or male. And he desires to pour out his living water to every single human being here today. And I've shared this story before about a young man. His name is Lewis. You know, again, he was a young man, but he was old because he grew up homeless, right? He was 18, and many years ago, uh, again, I'm not sharing this story because I feel that I am, or I'm trying to elevate, or there's nothing. I mean, if you know my history, I know that I am no better than anyone, just a sinner saved by the grace of God. But I had an opportunity a long time ago um, where I served at a homeless outreach in Newark. And in this homeless shelter, we would do a lot of things, you know, the clothing, just a bunch of things, like the food, distributing the food, and everything that incorporates a homeless shelter, you know, the housing and the sheltering and everything. And I got, to, I got close with a young man named Louis. And when it would be lunchtime, uh, he would be in the kitchen helping. And again, the f place is not the cleanest. And it's not the best, right? Like Ronnie will freak out because cockroaches and everything that you would think, right? There's rodents and things. And, uh, and it was divided, uh, really, with the staff. And they would go get the food. And they would eat together at the table uh, because they can afford it. And then the people would just make the food. And then they would eat the food that is made in the kitchen. And Louis was asking, hey, you want to eat? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then... And that was the daily schedule where we would just get the food, 
cook it, and we would just eat the food and just do it together with the people. And what leads me, what led me to do something like that is the heart of Christ. It's the heart of Christ, the heart of love. That's what we do in nursing home. That's what we get involved in mission fields. This is why we do what we do. Because there are no distinction between a Jew, Samaritan. It doesn't matter. We have the heart of God. And this living water is available to Lewis, is available to you, is available to me, is available to every single human being who are willing are willing and who are true worshipers. That's why it says in Psalm 42, it says, and this is a, a famous passage that a lot of us are familiar with. Some of us, we have this in our homes, right, as, as a drawing and with the writing. And it's a famous passage where it says, even has, it's the hymn too, right? As the deer pants for streams of water. So my soul, what is soul? Soul means nefesh. My soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And it goes on. It says, why are you downcast, O my soul? My soul is downcast within me. Deep calls the deep. The roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. And this is the part that's on the screen. It says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And the person that wrote this psalm here, it says, a mascot of the sons of Korah, meaning this person was a Korahite. Who are a Korahite? If you're a Korahite, that means you are a gatekeeper. Who are the gatekeepers? They're the watchmen on the wall. Who are the watchmen? If you're in military, they're the ones who stands guard and watch for the enemy. And they wait in expectance for the morning. They are faithful and they cannot fall asleep. It's like, all right, time for me to go to sleep. And then you go to sleep and then you both end up sleeping. And then you're like, oh, no, you didn't wake but it's important that both of you stay awake. They're the gatekeepers. They're the watchmen on the wall. It says in Isaiah 62, I've posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest till you establish Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Watchmen, 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 Korites, they're the gatekeepers. Who are the gatekeepers? We are the gatekeepers. We are the woman at the well. We are the Samaritan woman. We are waiting in expectance for the living water, for the presence of God, for the Messiah to come. And they had two things. Two, their job incorporated two things. They protected the Lord's house. West, east, north, south, they protected the Lord's house. And number two, they watched and they waited in anticipation for the Lord's return, for the presence of God. They waited. They waited and they waited and they longed and they waited. That's why it says in Psalm 130, I wait for the Lord, my soul. My soul meaning, again, my whole being, your life, my soul does wait. And in his word do I hope my soul, again, my whole being, waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. It's a Korite meaning, watchman, watchman for the many. Indeed, more than the watchman for the morning, O Israel, hope in the Lord. 
These were gatekeepers. These were Levites. These were the high priests, trusted officials, faithful disciples. And we are the faithful disciples of God. Why? Because 1 Peter chapter 2 says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a priesthood of God, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you are not a people, yes, in the past, before Jesus Christ, before Jesus Christ came into my life, I was an orphan out on the street. I was an enemy of God. There was no way that I could draw close to God because I was not his individual. It says, once you are not a people, verse 10, but now, now you are the people of God. There's no such thing as Jews or Samaritans. It doesn't matter about the background. But now you belong to the family of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Watchmen on the walls. These were faithful men, and they were committed. And they waited in expectance waiting faithfully for the presence of God. In other words, they were hungry. In other words, they were desperate. They were thirsty. They desired a genuine touch from God, an encounter that will forever change their life, an encounter, not an experience of feelings or emotions, but an encounter. And you'll see in the story, as we close the story, that her life is never the same. She is forever changed. And just like the woman, these men, the watchmen, they were faithful men, and they were waiting for the touch of God. And have you waited for something for so long, right? It might have been a purchase you made. It's taking a long time for it to come in. Or even dogs, right? Their whole purpose is to wait for their owners, right? That's their whole purpose, just to wait. By the window, just wait. One goal, one sight. The scripture tells us in Psalm 42 again, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, oh God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, when can I go and meet with God? Deer, nefesh, soul, a living being, a life. As a life, when it says deer, it means life. As a life pants for streams of water. Every living thing needs water. Is your soul thirsty right now, today? Is your living being, your life thirsty today? Because living water can come from only a living God. Our God is alive. And he is here today to offer you this living water. And here's how this story ends. And it's a beautiful ending. And I guess I will invite the praise team to come up at this time. The story, just in itself, by itself, it would have been beautiful, right? Jesus goes and stops by Samaria and rescues this woman, and she is saved only herself. And that's good. That's a beautiful story in itself. But the story doesn't end there. The scripture goes on. 
And Jesus had a purpose for the Samaritan people. And what happens here is very important and is what completes the story. And this is what we need to mimic as Christians. We're not here to just serve ourselves or we're not here just for me to have this blessing for me. As long as I'm okay, that's fine. Like, you know, the guy from Train to Busan, he just pushes everyone. <laughs> he uses others to, and he saves himself. But we are called to be a brother's keeper. We are called to be our sister's keeper. And we are here to preach the message of the gospel, the truth. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't keep the good news secret. You shout it out and you live it out and show it in your life, in the life that you live with conviction. And here in John 4, verse 39 to 42, this is how it ends. And the heading says, many Samaritans believe. Amen. Many Samaritans believe. And it goes on, it says in verse 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him. Who is him? It's Jesus. Because of what? Because of the woman's testimony. Because there's one woman who accepted this living water. She said, yes, Lord, I want that living water. Give it to me. I want it. I need it. I need it for my soul, for my being. I am hungry for it. This is what I've been looking for. I need it. Lord, give it to me. He told me everything I ever did. That's what she said. And when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him. Who is him? Jesus. Jesus is with his disciples. The enemies. They were enemies of the Jewish people. They urged him to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. Two days. So his trip to Galilee was cut short because he stayed two days with the Samaritans. And because of his words, not miracles, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. Remember, your faith doesn't come from hearing from the testimony of other people. Your faith comes from what? From you living out your life in faith before God. Meaning you are responsible for your faith, no one else. Your mother, your brother, your sister cannot stand there with you on judgment day. You're responsible for your faith and it's your job to believe. And it says, now we have heard for ourselves. And we know, meaning I know, that this man really is the savior of the world. I know now. Can you sit here today and declare that, yes, I know that Jesus is my savior. Yes, I know what it is to have the living water in my life. If you don't, it's available for you. It's available for you today. Jesus came 100 miles traveling. Yes, he took a shortcut. The trip was cut. He came and he stayed in Samaria. Jesus is coming to our Samaria here today 
to offer you this living water. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. He's talking about the physical well, the water. But whoever drinks the water I give them, you will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That is the goal to this life, to have eternal life, not away from God, but in God and heaven with him. That is the greatest gift. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. I'll say that again. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. I'll say it again. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water, again, living water will flow from within them. And what happens when you drink the living water? It fulfills the prophecy found in Ezekiel 36. And I'm closing in the last scripture, I promise. It says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, clean water, and you shall be clean. All your sins, all your mistakes, all our shortcomings, washed away, washed clean, inside out clean. A new heart I will give you. What does that mean? Your old desires are gone. You have a new desire to honor God, a new life, a new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I'll put within you. And you shall be my people, not a Jewish individual, not a Samaritan, not this, not that, not doesn't matter, not Pacific Islander or Asian. Which one is it, Arlene? It doesn't matter. You shall be the people of God, it says, my people, my people, and I will be your God. Amen and amen. And that's a promise given to you and to me and to every single human being here on this earth. That's why it's important for us to preach the good news, for us to come to church, and to be reminded of why we are here. This living water, my friends, is available to you and is available to me. Amen and amen. So with that, I guess the priest team, you guys can start, you can sing if you want, you can pray if you feel led, but let's give everyone an opportunity uh, just between you and the Lord. You know, while we're here, this is the best place to be. You know, during the week, there are a lot of distractions, a lot of attacks. But this is the best place for us to be, to be in the presence of God and to commune with Him and to dine at His table. Our King, our Messiah, is offering you here today the living bread and the living water. And He is offering it to you. And he knows you, and he loves you, and he desires to fill you with his living water. 
You may feel like you're insignificant, a woman of no name, of no worth. But it says Jesus had to go through Samaria. It says he had to go to Samaria for this one individual so that he could save many, like the single seed that multiplies into many seeds. He is here speaking to us. He desires to touch your life here today. So if you're ready, as we're sitting here at midday and the hottest part of the day, we're trying to avoid people. You may feel like an outcast or a reject in this society. Your Lord and your Messiah is right there in front of you, speaking to you. And he's offering to you his living water. He knows your heart. He sees your heart. For he seeks, he is seeking true worshipers. Can we come together now? And in your own voices, let's not worry about who's next to us. Let's just pray and worship and sing. Be in the presence of God. Let us pray together.
Jesus sustains me. I live my life only by His grace. I live my life. I live my life only by His grace. I live my life only by His grace. Heavenly Father, thank you for seeing us for who we are and as we are. Lord, thank you for loving us, that while we were still sinners, you died for us, and you loved us, Lord. We just want to thank you for the transition life from being an orphan, out on the street, lost, out in the world, blinded by the things, the deception of this world, to now being able to take the blinds off to see the truth, to see the Messiah. I pray that our faith will be that of this Samaritan woman. No significance of not much worth. A woman who is outcasted, shunned by society, who has faith to see the Messiah, to receive this living water when it is offered to her. Lord, we just want to thank you for meeting us at this well of where we are as well in our lives. Thank you for coming all the way here to my Samaria and seeing me and meeting me and offering unto me the gift of eternal life. Lord, who am I that is not deserving of any of this, of the grace and this eternal life that is being offered unto me. Who am I that you love me? Who am I that you hear me when I cry to you? Or you see the desires of our hearts and you know us intimately, O oh Lord. And I just want to thank you for meeting us here at this place. I pray that we'll be filled with this living water and that we'll continue to eat the bread of life and this living water that is offered unto us. Thank you for the life that you lived, not only here on this earth, but for dying for us on the cross, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why we are here today, to worship you as Christians, because you live, O oh Lord. You do not remain in the crucifix, you do not remain in the grave, but you're alive. Our God is alive and he is with us today, God Emmanuel. So strengthen us, watch over us, watch over every single individual who have heard this message here today. May their eyes be open and ears be open to hear and to see and to receive. And may their heart receive and take deep root in the heart of the message of the gospel, the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. May it be instilled within them that it will spring up a well of eternal life that is found in Christ. So I want to thank you for this water, living water, that is offered unto us. That whoever is thirsty, you said, Lord, come to me and drink. 
and this river of living water will flow within them. Amen and amen. amen. So I want to thank you, Lord, for this message and for this time of worship, for the time of praise. Watch over us. May you bless uh, your people, Lord, for we are under heavy attack and we need you more today than yesterday. We put on the full armor of God and we will fight this fight diligently, Lord, and courageously and fearlessly. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things. In your precious Son, just trust in me, pray. God's people pray. Amen. 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 And amen. 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 Uh, God bless you. Uh, before we do our um, offering prayer, we have an offering song for us. Psalm 84. Uh, let's sing it one time straight through. And then I'll lead us into our offering prayer. Let's, pr let's sing it together. How lovely are your dwelling places. Your Holy Spirit here in You're here with my soul, you're in 
Father, we give to you not out of compulsion or because we are pressured to, but Lord, we give to you willingly and joyfully from the bottom of our hearts. It could be one cent, one penny, one copper coin, or it could be many, but Lord, you look at the heart. You look at the heart of the giver. I pray, God, as we give to you these monetary things, Lord, it is not ours to keep, but we are just stewards and managers of your good things that you continue to give to us. We thank you for this building. We thank you for this roof. We thank you for all the provision that you continue to give to us. And I pray that we use these monetary things to further the work of your kingdom here in this place, to further the work of the missions that we do in the ministries that we're involved in. I pray that we would be faithful disciples, true disciples, understanding the cost of discipleship, understanding what it means to be a disciple of Christ, not just to give, just to give, going through the motions, but we understand why we give and how we give. And all that matters for you look at the heart and the action of the individual. So I pray, God, you would give to us a clean heart and pure hands, a pure heart and clean hands as we give to you. And may we be faithful and not get corrupted by the desires and the things of this world and the ways of this world. For it is so easy and it is very tempting. But Lord, we know that we live set apart and you have called us to be set apart for your kingdom, for your work that you have called us to do. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We thank you. We love you. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen. amen. And amen. 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 All right. God bless you. Uh, I know that we've been singing a lot today, but we have a closing song that we always do, uh, The Path of Life in Jesus. Let's sing it one time straight through, and then we'll close the service with the benediction.
benediction just quickly um, again uh, this wasn't the intended message for today I felt led for this message and before the way the way we uh, the system works is uh, the praise team they pick a set and it wasn't fully lined up with the message and again I forget during the week which songs because I leave it to the praise team and I was just very blessed today one thing that I notice always almost every week is that uh, God always ties the message with the songs that we sing. And that's not intentional. And it's just very beautiful. Even Psalm 84, even the last line, you're an oasis in the desert, living water overflow. Uh, it's just exactly the message that we spoke on here today. So I just want to encourage you. Uh, just remember one thing matters, and is the, the living bread, the food, and the living water of Jesus Christ. The greatest blessing that we have in this life. Amen. And that's the only thing that truly matters. We want to thank you uh, for Josh being here. It's good to be it's good for you to be here and good to see you for Francis, our brother, for joining us here today. Uh, it's good to have you here. And it's cool that the distance from Philadelphia, it's like so now I guess you have to try to walk back to see how it feels like. <laughs> to walk back and leave your car here. <laughs> see you in three weeks. <laughs> All right, let's pray together. Let's pray for the benediction. Let us pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord shine his face towards you and give you peace. And may the unending pursuit, the unending grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the living water of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the gentle counsel and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, which surpasses all the knowledge of this world, continue to keep you and protect you and lead you forevermore. And as God's people, we pray, amen, amen. and amen. God bless you. I love you guys. I'll see you all in the back. Amen.